Hi, this is Anita, the Global Trade Gal. As I mentioned this month, I'm talking a lot about technical aspects of being able to be part of the global supply chain. You know, a lot of people in the global supply chain, they always think like, oh, it's, it must be so easy. And I know that I've been talking about this a lot this month. And I, it's just something which is very near and dear to my heart because I have never found anything easy within the global supply chain. And I think anyone who's in the industry will say it requires a lot of technical expertise. I think the global supply chain for someone who's not in it, they may look at it from an outsider and say like, oh, I should be able to do that. Hey, I should be able to import you know, that widget or I should be able to import that lamp or I should be able to import that tray. And they think that it's something which is easy. But the truth is, it can all be very, very complex. It is much more complex than what we may think that it is. It is not at all easy. There's a lot of parts and pieces that must be put together. You know, the thing about the global supply chain is you have so many parts and pieces that all must work together. And even if you go to school for it, they'll teach you some of the parts and pieces and how it needs to do. But really you learn so much by being able to do and being part of it to understand it. One of the aspects of that is to basically understand all the technical aspects of what you're buying and why you are buying that product at that quality, that quantity, and that price. And you might ask yourself, you know, why would this matter? I mean, wouldn't you just go to the factory and say, the factory here, I want to buy this. You know, you stick it in a box and then you ship it and you sell it and it should be that easy. That might sound easy, but between all of those parts are many, many things that need to take place, which mean that it is extremely technical. One example of this is lamps or lighting. That, you know, even though Canada is just north of America or the United States, you know, the question people ask, is the UL rating acceptable in Canada? And you might say, well, why does that matter? Well, it does matter if you decide that you want to sell lamps into Canada. If you're going to ever sell any type of lamps or lighting into Canada, you need to understand what type of UL rating do I need or what type of UL rating will be required to be able to sell those lamps in, into Canada. The UL rating is only for the United States and is not used in Canada, but Canada does have a rating which is called ULC or CUL. Now, for example, you need to understand this because a lot of manufacturers like, you know, ourselves included, we have a UL and CUL rating. And so our UL sticker will have UL and CUL on it, which means that we could sell our lamps both in the United States and in Canada. But if you don't understand that or you ask the wrong questions, you could end up in a lot of different trouble in being able to try to import lamps in Canada, which are not properly certified for the Canadian market. This is where anything within the global supply chain can actually become quite technical. Now, I do not know a lot about something like children's toys or, or children's furniture, but I know enough about the industry to know how complicated it is. I know that, you know, toys and other things need to go through some very specific type of testing to be able to ensure that the toy is safe for children. That you also need to be able to verify that the surface doesn't have lead in it or other types of chemicals in it. 
and that it will be certified for children to be able to use the toys, especially if they do something like stick the toys in their mouth. That is why you will find if you're over in Asia, people that are doing things like toys or children's things are usually doing mostly toys or children's things. People that are doing things like for computers are doing computers. They're not trying to do other types of things. Like even someone who's doing children's furniture may only just do children's furniture and they may not try to do adult furniture or other types of furniture and vice versa the same. Someone who's doing furniture for adults may say, I don't want to get involved in children's furniture. It's too fussy. There's too much I need to do. There's too many regulations on both sides of it. It could be regulations on where they're located and there could be regulations on trying to import the furniture into a place like the United States. So even something as simple as a lamp, let's take the example, go back to the example of the lamp again, because the lamp is something that I understand. That even if I have a lamp with the USUL, it doesn't mean that I can sell it into Canada unless I have the CUL for the Canadian market. Same thing with for Great Britain. I can't just sell a lamp with the US parts in Great Britain or the Western part of Europe. I would need to have that lamp certified for each of those markets. And each of those markets could have their own type of standard for the lamp itself. And that's where it gets complicated is that you have to be able to understand each one of these standards that you are producing for each one of those countries. So even within the product itself, a lot of factories and others will also, they may also have you know, certain countries that they sell to or certain countries they don't sell to according to what is required for the standards for each of those countries. That is why the global supply chain can become very complicated and a complex type of industry because there's so many nuances that go on, so many things that you need to be able to understand. And it doesn't even just end with the product. It can also be everything from the shipping to the labeling to the paperwork to the forms. I have been in the global supply chain now for over 30 years. And the one thing that I can tell you is very consistent in everything I have seen is that it's getting more and more difficult. It used to be that you could pretty much, you know, import things without a whole lot of regulations. Today, that's not true. There are so many different regulations which are needed. And, you know, sometimes the regulations can be put on by the country, which, you know, you're, you're buying the products from or, you know, manufacturing them. Or other times it can be the country that you're selling to. For example, now in the United States, for us to be able to import something like wood furniture, there's so many different forms we need to be able to fill out. You know, even something as lamps, there's different forms we need to be able to fill out. There's things that we need to be able to fill out to understand, which is making it far more complicated than it ever was before. That you need to, for example, for wood, you need to tell them where the wood came from and um, you know, where the wood is from and, and exactly how the wood was sourced. And, you know, down to some of the very specifics, they want to know all of this on it for the goods to even be imported and allowed into the United States. That is why it requires a lot of technical understanding to be able to do any of this. And you might think, well, 
Why can I just hire people to do it? Yes, you can. Absolutely. And we hire a lot of people of the technical expertise that we don't have. But still, you must have a general knowledge of it to be able to understand exactly what must be done. If you don't have the general knowledge of it, it can make it very difficult for you to be able to get anything really accomplished within the global supply chain itself. That's why it goes back again to understanding how technical the supply chain is and why whatever product you decide you want to import and sell into a place like the United States or Europe or Canada or wherever it's going to be, that you need to be able to really understand the technical aspects of that product itself. If you're interested to find out more if the UL rating is accepted in Canada and get more details on it, I will actually put a, a link to our blog post about this in our description for this podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening to us and, and we'd like to thank you for being part of our community. We'd like to thank our technical team, specifically Rico helps put this together. Thank you all so much. Mm-hmm.